Hello, hello. My name is Dr. Rachel Gainsborough, and I am obsessed with all things short-term rentals, revenue streams, and helping you navigate your career, real estate, and your busiest and most wonderful seasons of life. I'm an immigrant, a pharmacist, a wife, and a mom who took one guest room rental and turned it into a multi-property, seven-figure real estate business, which has also landed us on TV. I'll teach you the real secrets and everything you need to build a short-term rental business that you love. I discuss the hard topics, mistakes I've made, and the mistakes others have made so you don't have to make them for yourself. Financing, automations, acquisitions, low occupancy, scaling, and building your team all while balancing your life are all subjects to be discussed here. Consider me that one best friend you can come to with your short-term rental business questions. So grab your coffee, get comfortable as you get ready to learn and grow with me. This is the Luxury Short-Term Rental Doctor podcast. All right. Welcome, welcome guys to another Luxury Short-Term Rental Doctor show where we are your go-to podcast for everything short-term and mid-term rentals. Really excited to bring you expert advice, strategies, and stories from behind the scenes and to the forefront of the short-term and mid-term rental market. So whether you're looking to get started or to embark on your journey, we are here with you. So thanks for tuning in today. We have an amazing guest that is representing one of the resources that we have in our business that I dare I say has been a massive game changer for us. So when we started with our real estate investing, part of the disconnect for me was just managing our cash flow, managing our ability to make sure that we knew we were going to make the bills work out, we we're going to make payroll and leveraging a strategy called Profit First was absolutely amazing. And it really changed the trajectory of how we saw our business from a financial pillar perspective. But the issue was a lot of the CPAs that we work with were not the most profit first friendly because there are so many different little nuances, namely having five separate accounts or five separate wallets that needed to be accounted for. So we navigated that. We've been able to find the right resources to work with, guys. We're not going to go all in on the entire Profit First um, conversation today, but I wanted to bring to you one of our top resources for banking that is in alignment with the strategy and their representative here with us, Sydney from RelayFi. Sydney, welcome, welcome, welcome to you. Do you mind telling the people a little bit about yourself? Love it. Thank you for having me today, Rachel. It's, it's awesome to be here. And yeah, as you mentioned, I am indeed one of the product specialists here at Relay. Yeah, a bit of my background, I am indeed a real estate investor on the side. So I do work a full-time job as well as have a side hustle in terms of real estate. Now, at this point, it's become a little bit more than a side hustle. But yeah, I'm happy to share my journey um, every step of the way. But to be honest, I, I guess it really starts about setting up a common goal or, or setting up an ultimate goal for myself. And that's what really brought me into real estate is, is my father. He wasn't ready for retirement. He worked full-time job his whole life and he wasn't set up for success. So in my head, I was like, how do I get him retired as fast as possible? And how do I jump into that? And, and real estate is what I jumped into. And my ultimate goal was to retire my father. 
within three years, he is is now fully retired. So we can dive into that a little bit further as well. But ultimately, oh I'm here gosh. to discuss anything correlated to how we use Relay and, and how to get started in real estate and, and anything in between. Uh, talk about your why. Oh, my gosh. That is such amazing motivation. I know for me, Sydney, when I first started investing in real estate, my why was that I was missing out on a lot of those family milestones. I had two little boys. I wanted to be able to pick them up from school on Thursdays, just one day a week. It was nothing near what yours, your why was, which was to retire your dad. But incrementally, my why has grown bigger and bigger. Now it's to buy an island, to host uh, birds out medical professionals who are looking for a way out and to help rejuvenate them so that they can go back and impact healthcare and just take patient care to a whole new level. But it's interesting how everyone has a different why. And I, and I implore you, if you're listening to the words coming out of my mouth right now on this podcast, I want you to think about what is your why? What is your motivation? And know that for sure. As you start to gain that success from real estate, it, you can move the needle a little bit further, a little bit further, a little bit further. And I'm, I'm super, super excited that you shared your why, which was to retire your dad. So, Cindy, we have a lot of medical professionals on the call right now that are feeling burnt out. They're considering creating this side hustle called real estate that you just mentioned. My question to you is, how did you navigate the uncertainty, the doubts, the challenges that you face as you were starting out? Yeah, absolutely. So part of it really does become is why. So why would I jump into that? Why would I get started? Why would I spend all my time, effort, and money into a project that I ultimately don't know what's going to happen? And to have that goal is what I think is most important. So if your goal as a medical professional is to ultimately retire and say, hey, I'm tired. I, I have some money. I don't know how to manage it, whether I have a lot of money or a little money. How do I set it aside so that I receive passive income and kind of sit back and, and relax a little bit? Yeah, my why was to retire my father first and foremost. And now I've set the goal to retire myself as early as possible. We're on track. I love it. And now I get to go to work with a job that I actually enjoy, which is what we all want. So if that becomes something where it's not something I want to do, then now I have something to fall back on. Now, to get started, it can start with as little as putting money aside every month. It could be $500, it could be $100, it could be $20. Really, it just comes down to, in my opinion, getting addicted to saving and trying to get started with that first goal, whether it's Airbnbs, whether it's multifamily homes, whether it's a duplex, whether you're just trying to join a, a larger group and a syndication and just put money in to receive some passive income. Just figure out what your ultimate goal is first and then you'll figure it out how to get there. I think every investor says, the thing they wish they did sooner was just get started. I think everybody can relate to that. That's awesome. I love that. So you've built your real estate portfolio and a lot of the investors that are listening right now, they're like, oh, like you just said, I really need to get started in 2024. I need to get started. So can you walk us through an example? Just unpack it for us. What did your journey look like specifically? How did you identify that first opportunity for you that you said, you know what, I understand this opportunity. 
this opportunity makes sense to me. The no brainer. What was that first investment uh, for you? Absolutely. To break it down, I had lost my job during COVID and I was like, like so many others. And I said, okay, I need to do something. I can't just sit at home. I'll go crazy. So I started reading. I started getting as much knowledge as possible. Real estate was always interesting to me, but then I started talking to my father about it and really trying to delve in further. Our first investment was only, I think, $14,000. It was a 10% down on a triplex. Super easy. I think three years later, in terms of like overall equity, I, I think we have about almost 200K in equity on that building alone now. And that was my first investment ever. Yes, it went swimmingly and well, and we didn't have to put much work into it. Uh, but now I'm at eight properties, just over 20 doors, and I'm actually working on my first large multifamily uh, commercial building. So it's a 17 unit. And then from there, I'm just going to continue to scale and grow. But how I started was just saving $500 here and there. By the time I actually lost my job, I actually lost a ton of money in the stock market as well. And I realized, hey, I'm not a stock investor. Maybe I don't have the right patience for it. Maybe I don't have the appeal there. I, I didn't want to keep losing money or essentially gamble in my opinion. So my dad and I pooled our money together. When I lost my job, we went all in on the first property. Luckily, I was able to get a job about six to eight months later, but we went all in in terms of cleaning up the units, tearing them down, rebuilding them. I'm actually mechanically useless. I'm not the most handy person by any means, uh, but I'm more than happy to get my hands dirty and at least try. And I think that's also important is we're all tired from a full-time job, but it's if you have a big enough goal and a big enough mindset to achieve that goal, I, I don't think anything's really going to stop you. I started with $14,000. Honestly, I feel like most medical professionals can probably scrape together something around Twenty to thirty thousand dollars to get started in something, even if it's a smaller project. It depends, of course, where you're from. Absolutely, Sydney, and you highlighted a few things that I don't want the audience to to miss. You mentioned the stock market not being in alignment with what your uh, talents and your skills are, and, and same thing for me when I looked at all of the avenues for investing. Uh, Bitcoin was coming onto the scene and. No offense, I actually have some Bitcoin millionaires inside of our community, but I just didn't understand it. And I'm going to be quite honest, would it sound like an old lady dating herself? I still don't really understand. And so I said, you know what? I understand real estate. I can see it. I can touch it. It's real. Let me go that route. And so sometimes simplicity is what helps you to scale. And so that is definitely what we leverage. And the other thing, the key point that you touched was that, you know what, although you're not the most uh, handy, you're willing to put in some sweat equity into a project to get it to where you can create some cash flow for you and to retire your dad. So thank you for sharing those lessons with us. And this is really important in order to really shape our strategy because there are so many investment strategies out there, right? And for me, when I was first starting out, there was a property across town in another state, about three hours away. Someone had, had reached out to me. It was a what's called a wholesaler here in the States. And they had this massive deal. It was only 12, uh, I want to say $17,000 for this three bedroom property. And my husband and I were driving out there. We're dreaming it up. We're envisioning ourselves. We're doing all of this. 
mindset exercise because we're so excited at the possibility of what this property could be for us. Once we get there, Sydney, I kid you not, the property is dilapidated. It looks like it's being held on together by caulking. The roof was going, it was not a good fit. And that was the day I drew the line in the sand. And that was the, the day I realized, you know what? I don't have mechanical skills. I, my husband has no mechanical skills either. We're in healthcare. My best and highest use is probably to be at work, doing my job, getting those nice paychecks and using that money to actually put a down payment on a house, not necessarily building out an entire contract and general contracting team to chase down contractors to do the work. And so that was the day I decided, you know what, instead of being a part of the, there's a brand here in the U.S. called We Buy Ugly Houses. You know what, I'm going to be part of the We Buy Pretty Houses brand. So I took the same $17,000 and put a down payment on a home that was $200,000 home. And that's where we started. And so no two strategies may work for you. You need to identify your why. You need to identify your talents, your skill set. I have some doctors who are married to general contractors. They would have looked at that property and said, you know what? This is a deal. We're moving forward with it. But for me, it was at my best or highest use. So I had to take a step back and figure out, okay, what is my best? What is my highest use? And I went a different route and was able to get that property rented within 30 days because it just need needed a few things. It didn't need an entire renovation. So I think that's one of the biggest lessons to identify what your strategy is and what's going to work uh, best for you. So with that, Sydney, let's, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about Relay. So I gave a, a little bit of, of a teaser in the beginning because Relay is a game changer for me. Can you explain to the audience what Relay is and how it specifically caters to entrepreneurs and to real estate investors? Love it. So in part of my background and actually why I ended up at Relay was because I was looking for a better alternative. I have multiple banks with multiple bank accounts, whether it's a credit union or a national provider. I was looking for a better alternative and I actually found Relay and then I tried to sign up. I'm actually Canadian myself, full disclosure here. I actually couldn't sign up a Relay account. So I said, you know what? You can't beat them. I'm going to join them. And, and here I am today. So one of the things that stood out to me immediately was the ability to add multiple entities in a single location. So whether you have a medical practice or you have a real estate business or you have, you know, maybe a really bad example, a lemonade stand, it could be anything. Um, you can correlate all of those from a single login. On top of that, you mentioned things like Profit First. Of course, we have a direct partnership with Profit First. If you haven't read the book, I strongly encourage it. It's designed for any small, medium business. With Relay, it, it's really designed for small, medium businesses to be like the all-in banking solution. So we really want to give you full cash flow visibility at all times. Whether or not you have 10 entities, 20 entities, or just one business, it, it's all good either way. And then once you're inside, you can actually create up to 20 individual checking accounts. I don't know about you, that is a lot. And as you mentioned in the beginning, maybe with your CPA or your bookkeeper, they might not be happy with you if they have to reconcile all those accounts and they do the books on that many. But it does give you full cash flow visibility. You can add accounts. You don't have to schedule a meeting at the bank. You don't have to wait in a lineup or set up a meeting. You can just do it yourself. It takes a couple seconds. And then it really allows you to diversify inside your entity. So if you want to set up, whether it's an Airbnb, 
you want to set up a property management company, your medical practice, you can really design it in a way that works best for you, whether it's through expense management, whether it's through our automated sweep accounts, which we can get into further if you want. But ultimately, it's designed for small, medium businesses to keep full cash flow visibility in mind. Love that. And yeah, I do want to jump into the sweep accounts shortly, but I want to ask a little bit more tactically in terms of what you're seeing with the entrepreneurs and real estate investors that are coming onto Relay. What would you say some of their best use cases are in managing their finances as they're looking to scale their portfolios? Absolutely. Jumping right into it, if you're a brand new entrepreneur or you're an entrepreneur that's already set up with 50 different entities and LLCs with different properties, um, we appeal to just about everybody in that regard. So when you first log in, you have a central dashboard. You can access all of your accounts. It's very important to note that there's no fees associated with that. There's no minimum balance requirements on your accounts related. There's no NSF fees. There's no overdraft fees. And really important to mention that we're FDIC insured right up to 2.5 million. So we can scale as you grow as well. And on top of that, it, it, it's really designed on what works best for you. So when you're sending out ACHs, domestic international wires, check payments, all of this can come at no cost to you as well. So it's easy banking. You can do it all from your mobile device, desktop, you name it. And then you just really allow to have like meticulous bookkeeping, if you will. Maybe you're not quite established to the point where you've hired a bookkeeper yet, but you can just manage your books. It syncs very well with your accounting software if you're using things like QuickBooks and Xero. And if you're, you do hire a bookkeeper or anything like that, you can invite them very easily to your platform. Everybody has their own login with their own access permission. So one thing that's really common in real estate is maybe you have multiple entities, but maybe you have multiple partners with different businesses. When your partner logs in, they see one entity. When you log in, you see all of your entities centralized in one spot. Yeah, I, I love that. And you know what? The way we're using it inside of our business, Sydney, is I allow um, certain members on our team uh, certain permissions. So my CFO may have certain permissions, but my COO may have different permissions. And my executive assistant may have a separate number of permissions. I don't remember what it's called, but how, or how that's al allocated. Can you speak to that a little bit? Say it's not partners, but you have your team working with you. How is it? Uh, how can we set it up so that they can have visibility to certain accounts and they may not have visibility to a number of other accounts? Absolutely. So when you create an account with Relay, of course, if you're bringing on team members who's maybe an administrator or somebody you don't want to have access to your account. Um, of course, you can control the permission levels on a smaller level down to your checking account. But on top of that, you can also distribute up to 50-0 physical or virtual debit visa cards as well. I don't know about you, hopefully I never see 50 debit cards in my lifetime. But it is nice to know that you can still distribute cards per account to individual team members. You can have shared cards at the office. But one really cool feature is that say you hire a contractor or a subcontractor and you want to associate that card specifically to a new project or a home building project or a particular expense checking account. Everything that they do on that card will give you ultra detailed information. It'll show you all the way down to the map location. It'll auto categorize that transaction for you. But not only that, you have full control over that card. You can set if they can only spend $50, $5,000. You have full control over the card. Excuse me. You can also have permission levels on those cards. 
specifically as well. Do you mean? Yeah, and I think. You go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. I had to sneeze for a second. (laughs) And I think that's so important because we work with virtual assistants also that are able to uh, complete orders for our replenishables on Amazon and providing those limits for them is very important. Of course, at the end of the month, we're looking at all the numbers, but say they can't necessarily, (laughs) not that we don't trust them, but I know that's the question in a lot of our audiences. mind. what if someone just wipes me out? Those limits and the ceilings that you are able to set is going to prohibit that from happening. So I think that's a really great use case. And it's just another way, Sydney, I'm always looking for ways to optimize my time and let my community know, hey, here are some hacks that you can use so that you're not micromanaging the toilet paper purchases. So now I've got to, I've got to log on to order all of the toilet paper where if you're, if you have an assistant and you're in the emergency room covering a shift or if you're on call, you're not worried about the TP orders, you can outsource that and know that, hey, it's fine. Just order the TP based on what we typically order in the past. That can be part of your SOPs. And you know that they won't be ordering millions of dollars (laughs) of TP, so to speak. So I love, love, love that. Um, And we, in our business, we use those virtual cards all the time. And I think you've just shared some really good use cases for that. Yeah. To top it off on your point, actually, what I noticed with a lot of clients that are using like short-term rentals or, or Airbnb specifically is that they'll also distribute a card to say like their cleaning service company. That way, when the cleaner goes, they still might have to pick up supplies or they can ultimately do an ATM withdrawal to pay themselves. That's a use case. It just depends on what works best for you. But Just so you know, if you distribute a card to your cleaner, it doesn't mean they have access to your bank account. They can't see everything. You're just going to give them permission to be a card holder is what it's called. And then, yes, you have full control over that card. If you think that card is lost, stolen or compromised, ultimately, you can freeze it, change the pin, terminate the card at any time. It's going to work instantly as well. Same thing if you need to increase the limit. That way, maybe they find it in the back of the closet a week later. They can unlock it and use it again. Okay, so that's good to know. That's really an interesting use case as well, because I know um, a bit of our time and a bit of the time of our team is spent in paying our cleaners on a weekly basis, or if you're set up on a monthly basis, or some of our members, they're set up to pay per turn. So that takes up some time as well. And so that's an interesting use case of the cleaners paying themselves. That's something we have never explored, but we're always looking for ways to optimize Okay, so I think we've gotten a good handful of use cases, uh, RelayFi, and how it can help our members who are looking to scale their portfolios. What would you say in your experience for those who are looking to get started with real estate investing, short-term rental or mid-term rental investing, who are working full-time and just getting started, what would you say some of the common pitfalls uh, that you see Sydney, and what should they be aware of? And let's talk about how we can leverage tools like Relay to help them avoid some of those pitfalls. Love that. So I guess breaking it down is similar to yourself. You mentioned things like Bitcoin and you don't understand it fully. I don't either. But if someone (laughs) says, hey, Bitcoin is going to make you rich, you should do it tomorrow. And you just dive head first and you have 
no knowledge of that, of course, you might run into some obvious pitfalls there. The same thing correlates to real estate. If you don't educate yourself in any way, shape or form, and it's as simple as, you know, a webinar podcast like this, where you can take these subtle uh, hints and nudges in the right direction and then compile them all together. Um, I guess part of it does start with a free business bank account, of course, uh, which is really great. You don't have to have a full real estate empire to get started on that. And just protecting yourself through different liabilities and things like that. But really just diving in headfirst in the right way is really important. Every investor says to get started early, but I, I think you have to have a little bit of knowledge first, or at least as simple as watching a podcast to just get some knowledge, especially if you're not handy like myself. It, it's important. I love that. I love that. And to your point, you mentioned not necessarily diving in headfirst into a strategy that you're not familiar with, but you mentioned getting that education, getting that, getting resourceful. I know with my very first property, I had consumed so many podcast episodes, like bigger pockets and analyzed all the things. And I'm so blessed. I'm going to be heading out to get interviewed by Brandon Turner in Hawaii on the Better Life podcast in a couple of weeks. But I had consumed so much of that. So I considered them my long distance mentors, so to speak. But the more I wanted to navigate some of the best practice and the best ways to get into real estate, I determined, you know what, I need to, I need to get a mentor. I need to get some mentorship. And that made the, all the difference in the world for me. And I know the value of mentorship. I continue to invest in mentors to this day. I have about five mentors right now for a variety of areas of my life. But what I found, Sydney, was not just the, the leader of the mentorship or it's not just my coach that was the game changer. It was actually showing up and being in a room where others are chiming in and we're talking a little bit early in the green room. There's no stingy energy with me. Like that energy, we just had that summit, the energy, the positivity, the information sharing. It's, it's, it makes all the difference in the world because some days with realists, it's hooray, the money's coming in. Some days, okay, hold up to your horses. Are we going to make it, right? And if you have others that are experiencing some of the same things and some of them are sharing this nugget or that nugget, you're like, oh, okay, so I just need to tweak it. Like you're, you're one tweak away, you're one perspective away from realizing what you can in real estate. So with that, would you, we love stories here. Would you, Sydney, be open to sharing maybe a story or two that are standout moments in your real estate journey that truly tested you? Like, oh, this is a test. I don't like this. But you realize later on, wow, this was a great learning experience and it's shaped how I move forward with my business and with my life. I, we would love to hear that story. Well, my, where do I begin? To your <laughs> point, though, is... Some people might even be asking currently on your show and saying, I don't know where to go to find a mentor. I, I don't know how to find a mentor. It's not as easy as just reaching out to someone they're my mentor all of a sudden. I think it's important to like delve into things like bigger pockets or to be honest, my, my favorite influencer was Investor Girl Brit. I followed her religiously when she first started. Oh her my gosh. Yeah. She is amazing. I love her too. Yes. Yes. And I got to meet her at um, Bigger Pockets at, in Orlando. I did briefly, only for 30 seconds, to be honest. I shared an elevator and it was completely out of the blue. I had no idea. But yeah, I looked behind me and, and there she was. I was completely shell-shocked. But yeah, I, I followed her religiously. And, and because 
what it was is that I'm not a handy individual and she really dove in. She did all these DIY projects and then now she's skilled all over the place. And you got to see all the behind the scenes and I would just eat popcorn and just watch her build the entire kitchen. I was like, wow, yeah. Exactly. And then you get into the mentality of, okay, they're doing it. Maybe I can do it too. And they break it down for you. So yeah, it's not about being able to find a mentor. In some way or another, she mentored me without even knowing it. So I do see value in whether you're following things like bigger pockets. And I'm very envious that you get to meet Brandon Turner and things like that. Of course, we all follow these folks. But yeah, a couple of stories. Oh my. The first one that comes into mind is about property management. <laughs> Of course, we all have tenant stories. So COVID's a tricky time as well. And, and it's not as easy to just, you can't just buy a property and raise the rents because that's, it's slightly, you can't just change somebody's life like that either. But to some extent, there is market value and maybe they're a problem tenant. Maybe you bought the, the property and everything seemed great. And then once you own the property, it, it's not so great. There's destruction, there's there's late night calls and then there's just, I'm sure you've read about some horror stories yourself, but I think the best advice I could give is that I found a property manager that had 27 years plus experience. She's awesome. She knew the business inside and out. And I really leaned on that because I had a few problem tenants early on. And now if I ever have a problem tenant, it, it's not necessarily up to me to deal with. I have somebody in place for that. And same thing comes down to maybe trusting the advice of someone like an agent or someone that is handy. For me, I have a brother who's an electrician. He got the handy genes on my side of the family and I'll rely on him for certain things when it comes to electrical advice. Why wouldn't I, right? Um, when you buy a property, sometimes you don't know a whole lot about it and you don't really know the ins and outs. Most recently, I bought a, a three-unit it was a great deal, great price. I figured this might actually be my highest cash flowing property. Little did I know, I think the second week of ownership, all the pipe, there was a, a flood in the basement. I had to get on a 3 a.m. call and my dad was literally shoveling the good stuff because there was a backup. And then now it's, it's a problem with us and the town. So now we're thinking, do we have to dig up the road to get to this pipe to fix that? And how much is that really going to cost? Is it our fault? Is it the town's fault? And there's all these things that you don't really think about. So I guess that would be the worst case scenarios. There's way more positive stories than negative here, but those are two that stand out immediately. Is the, the best result for me is sometimes when a deal is too good to be true, it, it definitely is, just to do extra due diligence on that. And I, I guess I slightly lied a little bit. My very first purchase was actually a tax sale. It was a, I bought it for $2,500. I sold it six months later for $5,000 and three years later, that property sold for $180,000. So I was like, you know what? I wish that was me, but I didn't have the skills. I didn't have the time. I didn't have anything set up to make that happen or do a full rebuild of this property. So yeah, a, a couple stories in there. Hopefully that's what you're looking for. These are such interesting stories and I jotted down something that I think encompasses, encompasses the, ma the vast majority of these stories. And, and Sydney, that's, it's coined by an author, two co-authors, Dr. Benjamin Hardy and Dr. Dan Sullivan. They wrote a book called Not How. And I think that's something we as medical professionals, we suffer from 
and business owners, we often suffer from as well. So I remember when I started off and I realized, okay, I need to get my bookkeeping in order. I need to get my tax information in order. I considered, can you believe this for life? I am a mathlete. I did calculus. I like all of that. But I actually considered going back to CPA school to figure out my taxes. I considered going back to design school to figure out design. I calculated going back to Cornell's revenue management hospitality program to figure out revenue management. And although I have, I'm like an eight out of 10 on revenue management, I'm like a four out of 10 on taxes and bookkeeping. I thought I was a 10 out of 10. My mom says I'm a 10 out of 10 on design, but my designers say I'm a three out of 10. They say I have taste, but I have all the tastes and I put it together. So that's a little bit problematic, right? But what I leaned into quickly and what I recognize that you're leaning into is who, not how. We don't have to, as busy medical professionals, figure out how to do all the things. Sometimes it's taking a step back and recognize who do I need? Who do I need in my corner? Who do I need to partner with? Who do I need to hire? Who do I need to lean on that has their expertise? All they did was go to CPA school and they, or the accounting school, their CPAs, their enroll agents. That's all they do all day. I couldn't even compete. So why would I go to a weekend program to try to become a CPA real quick for my business? So I'm leaning into the who, not how, and I'm quickly identifying where my superpower lies and, and just where it doesn't. As soon as I start to over procrastinate on a few things, and that is what he says in the book, procrastination is actually wisdom. It's telling you that, you know what, the reason you're dragging your feet, you really don't want to do it is because that's not your area of expertise. Start thinking about how to outsource these things. And that's what she said with your brother who got the amazing electrical contractor jeans, right? So you're going to lean on him instead of you going to electrician school over the weekend real quick. I call that YouTube University. YouTube has lied to me on so many occasions, made me feel like I could build an entire swimming pool in 37 minutes. And it's a lie. So who, not how, guys, if you haven't read the book, get the book. It has changed. It's like a paradigm shift. And it gave me permission to not have to do all the things. I have DIY in my heart, but it, it, there's a time expense, right? And time is your most precious uh, commodity. And so if we could use our, our time and using our, you know, in the best possible way, doing the things we love, spending time with those we love the most. Yes, there is sacrifice in the beginning of our business building strategy, but it takes a lot of time to hone in our, contractor skills over the weekend real quick or becoming a, an accountant takes a whole lot of time. So <laughs> did you want to chime into that at all, Sydney? I couldn't have said it better, honestly. It, it's one of those things and, and a lot of business owners have trouble like letting go and realizing mm. when it is time to hire, whether it's a virtual assistant, whether it's someone for the, the right person for the job, or yeah. maybe you're so scared of losing some of that passive income for someone that mm -hmm. is better equipped to do that job. Um, yeah, absolutely. I actually wrote that book down. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to look at it because I think that's extremely interesting. And maybe I naturally did it and we all persevere when there's a challenge yeah. that we face and then we realize, hey, we're not equipped. Uh, it's time to find someone to do it. But um, yeah, I, I really love that perspective. 
Yeah, for sure. It's a small book, a short read. I read it over and over again. It's just such a great reminder on how to build that priority list to determine who's that next best hire. And so for me, I, I remember my org chart where it was Rachel, the CEO owner. There's maintenance, housekeeping, guest relations, financing, bookkeeping, marketing sales. And I wrote the names of all of those people and it was Ricky to start. That was the org chart. And then my goal was to tick off, remove Rachel from each of those seats one at a time. And I'm so grateful that I'm there now. But I will tell you, we just had a change in our business where I had to step into one of those roles again. And now I'm slowly building my way back up to remove my name from that particular role. So it's ever evolving. I'll talk about that a little bit later, guys, on one of the podcasts, because that took me by surprise. It's like, hooray, I'm completely past my business. Hooray, I'm back. Which was a shocker for me. You think things are going to go one way. And so if there's a change in team dynamic, which I had a team member who had gone out and built their own real estate portfolio learned from the learnings that we had shared. So all good things that it did put me back in one of those seats and we're working on some redundancies to navigate. Okay, so what is what does the next look like if that were to happen again? What can we put in place to to help out there? So off this, I think I went off tangent a little bit, but I have one final question for you, Sydney, because this has been very enlightening, guys. Feel free to tap into Relay Fire. We're gonna share our link in the show notes. So tap in. I kid you not, we we're just on a summit where I was sharing my experience with RelayFi and I had forgotten that I had shared with Ruben about RelayFi. So he's completely on board. He's like, oh yes, this is great. He was commenting on how he loved just being able to open an account within a minute, not having to visit a bank. We have properties that are remote, out of state. Sometimes you're like, okay, this bank or that bank. But with just one click in a few seconds, you're able to open a, a variety of bank accounts within your within your profile, which is amazing. Annette, who's a part of our operations team, Nurse Net, she was chiming in on how she loved Relay as well. So the proof is in the pudding. I continue to share about Relay in our community. It's just really easy to use. And I love it. That's what we use all the time. We have that one of my 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 least favorite, and I need to change my mindset about it, but my least favorite little bucket in my Relay accounts is the taxes bucket. <laughs> so we have an account that's named taxes. What, what shall we say? <laughs> but it's important, right? It's important that you allocate um, for your taxes so that you're not like, surprise, right? You made all this money and now Uncle Sam wants to take it all back. So you want to make sure you're allocating for your taxes. You want to make sure you're allocating for your profits, which is woohoo plus, right? Allocating for payroll. We allocate for our operating expenses. So all of that, guys, are in their own little separate buckets, and we've named them so we know that this is our taxes, this is our operating expenses, this is our profit, this is our payroll, and this is our income. And, and for me, what was the game changer was when we first set up our account and when I first started off in business, I had one big fat account where all the money came in and all the money left. And that caused me so much angst and so much stress. And the reason it caused me angst is because I had subscribed to so many things for my business. I had 
a subscription for this software. I had this contractor I'm paying. I had all these things going on at the same time. And I felt like it was like a revolving door. With Relay, what I love is I have one account for the income. All the money goes into one account and that is not connected to anyone. No one can go with their grubby little monthly subscription and just take from that account, which I love. So that account is where all the money comes in. And twice a month using profit for a percentage of that account goes into all of the different accounts. So the five accounts, it just spreads out. Relay has an automation to make that happen for you. So if 5% goes to your profit, if 15% goes to your operating, if 10% goes to your taxes, it just allocates it for you automatically based on your profit first philosophy. You can set that up. To me, that was a game changer because I had I found that I was caught in this um, stress cycle of not knowing where the money's going, not knowing where it's coming. But we can dive in a little bit more um, with Profit First on a, a another podcast where I can break it down a little bit more and let you all know how it's helped me to step away from feeling like, okay, am I going to cash flow this month? All right. So final question to you, Sydney, my friend. So the landscape of real estate is always evolving, constantly evolving. Where do you see the biggest opportunities in the coming years and how should new investors start positioning themselves to take care, to take really take advantage of these trends? And how does Relay plan to adapt and support all of our future real estate investing needs? I love it. Uh, a couple of things here is that real world is how many folks are commingling personal and business, whether they should or shouldn't. Yeah, how many folks yeah. are operating at a one single checking account? And, and like mm -hmm. you said, maybe you have a large expense that comes out of nowhere and you see a lot of money in your account. So you use it. And then come tax time, unfortunately, Uncle Sam says, hey, where's that $8,000 that you were supposed to have that you you don't? Yeah, Relay is definitely going to help solve that. In, in real world is you can set up a rule similar to what you mentioned is if you want to diversify to multiple accounts, you can simplify it down to one account. Maybe once a month at the end of the month, 15%, 5%, 10%, 30% just automatically goes into your tax account. You don't have to think about it. We all have great intentions on saving money. We all have great intentions on putting money aside for ourselves, but we're human. So naturally we're going to cut corners and maybe once it becomes a manual task, we ultimately forget about it. And then I'm tax time. We're short. Uh, that is one solution. But in terms of the future, everybody's complaining about interest rates. Everybody's complaining about there's housing market crisis and, and all of this. And, and, and there's a lot of fear in the real estate world, but in my personal opinion, I actually see it as a lot of room for growth because the interest rates might be high now. As for me personally, as long as my building is cash flowing, I'm more than happy to jump in regardless of the interest rate. I'm not really scared of the interest rate. I'm thinking long-term here. I don't ever want to sell if I can help it. Maybe when those interest rates go down, maybe if they continue to, to climb, I think I've planned well enough with certain purchases that as long as they're cash flowing well enough for me, I'm not really scared of the future. I'm, I'm naturally planning for 10 years, 20 years. It really just depends on, on everybody's strategy. So for me... Relay is going to scale regardless. Uh, it's really awesome. It's a free solution. So what, what better use case scenario than a free business bank that's going to help you manage your cash flow? 
that's going to scale for the long term. I don't think if you're working with multiple banks, you realize by now there might be monthly fees, there might be minimum balance requirements, there might be headaches along the way. Really what it comes down to is there's going to be problems and what is your business bank going to do for you when those problems arise and how do they solve those issues? And with Relay, when you sign up to Relay, you have a human on the other end that is literally going to answer that call. We have dedicated account reps for particular businesses that you do have a direct point of contact. When you call, you have an answer. And that's one way to step into the future is really revolve around that human-centric role for sure. A little long-winded. No, I love that. I love that. And I so look forward to seeing what really has in store for us for the future. I know that we're opening a couple additional businesses as well. And we cannot wait to sync up with Relay to get those online. And just thank you. Thank you so much, Sydney, for sharing with us, sharing your experience, sharing all of Relay and what it has to offer. I will be sharing everything in the show notes, guys. So I hope you are all inspired. I hope you recognize that uh, when it comes to your finances, everything is figure outable. Yes, we jump into entrepreneurship. I jumped in and jumped out the plane, I felt, and started trying to fix the parachute after I jumped out of the plane and quickly realized, oh, okay, I need a variety of business accounts. I need to not commingle. I need to make sure that my ducks are in a row. And that's what I'm here for is to show you what solutions are available, what I've used personally. And I look forward to sharing with the community. So tap in guys with the link in the show notes. And I look forward to seeing you on the inside. <music>